We have Jonas Ramos with us. Um, Jonas and Matt are two guys that are doing the pastoral internship this year at the church. I get to spend my days on Friday. <laughs> there you go. It was on top of your ear. There we go. Thank you. You good? Oh, wait. <laughs> um, Jonas is a little nervous getting him wired up here this morning. I said he looks like a Unabomber or something with all these wires coming out of it. Um, just to let you guys know, too, is that... The, Move your arm, I'll just see you don't. That way you can move your arms around and really oh, yeah. bring it this morning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Start flailing your arms around. You're all, okay. All right. I think Thank we got it. it. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. There we go. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, well, that was, a, that was a smooth transition. It was. It was. <laughs> no, but Jonas is a great guy. Just so you guys know, he said that in Mozambique, they go for like three, four hours during church. So praise the Lord you got padded seats this morning because we're just going to we're gonna go Mozambique style this morning. But uh, let me pray for you, buddy. I'll All turn right. it over yep. to you. Father, thank you so much for Jonas. God, I pray this morning that you would just bring peace to his heart, that you would uh, fill him with your Holy Spirit, and that you would just simply let him share his story and also your word, Father. And we thank you, the Lord, just like for all of us, and just like for Jonas, it's his story and our story. It's really your story, God, mm-hmm. about what you're doing and what you've done in our lives. And uh, we just thank you and praise you for what you want to accomplish this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, Mercy Hill. Um, my name is Jonas, Jonas Ramos. I'm from Mozambique, Africa. Uh, for those who are coming for the first time. Um, just like Eric was saying, um, are you guys ready for four hours this morning? <laughs> so sit tight. <laughs> yeah, um, to be honest, I struggled a little bit to make a decision as to whether I would share my testimony with you guys because I didn't want it to be about me because it's all about Jesus. And, um, and I know that my story, just like my, my wife reminded me once, um, your story was written by God. And it's God who has been working in your life throughout. And so that reminder was really good to me and it actually made me decide to share it with you guys. So here I am this morning. Um, and I usually refer to myself as a miracle. I know that everybody is a miracle. Our creation in itself is a miracle. But for myself, I feel like I would say even a double miracle because of all the things that have happened in my life. Um, I cannot even imagine if it wasn't for God what would have been. Um, I grew up in a family um, who the leader is a pastor. My dad is a pastor. And I don't remember any time in my life my dad not being a pastor. So um, he's been a pastor ever since I was, I was born. Um, we lived in a little shack, a house made of mud and uh, with a grass roof, no running water, no electricity, nothing like that. 
And for us to cook, we used firewood. Um, we put three stones, three rocks, and we put firewood in between them, and that's how we cooked our meals. Um, and normally, because it's so smoky when you, when you use firewood, we didn't have a kitchen in the house, so the kitchen was outside the house. And so this is how it was, you know, everywhere in our neighborhood. It was a very small neighborhood, and houses were a little bit distant from each other, and so kids played everywhere. You know, we, we went to our neighbor's house, and we played with their kids, and, you know, there was no restriction whatsoever. Um, to take a bath, we used to go to the river. Um, that's where we took a bath. And I remember uh, at some point in my life, um, I used to go swimming in those, ri in those rivers, which had crocodiles, by the way. But, <laughs> but I'm here. The Lord protected me throughout all those times. But yeah, me and my friends, we would go to the river and swim. And on the way back, we would carry water on our heads in buckets. Uh, bringing it back to home, to the house, for drinking and for cooking. And so this was our life growing up. Um, but during that time, I remember when I was six years old and living with my parents, um, there was civil war. And the civil war started in 1976, and it only ended in 1992. And what, it, what happened at that time is, um, there was a fight between two political parties, and these two parties were fighting for power. And so they would go out in the bush and stay there and create their bases there, and you know, the, every once in a while, they would go out to the, um, to the communities and attack the, the communities in order to get food, clothing, and whatever they, get, they, can, they could get. And so our community was small, and there was a hiding place. And every time um, those soldiers came to attack our village, we would run to a hiding place. And this hiding place was, was a huge tree that had big branches, and the leaves almost made, made it all covered. It was like something that I can't even describe. Like, all, the leaves went all the way around, and nobody could see the inside of it. And there was a little entrance where people went through to hide inside of that tree. And so that, that was our hiding place. And so every time we got attacked, most people, who, those who had a chance to, they would run towards that tree, and they would hide inside there. And so I remember one time... Uh, one of the attacks that happened, the soldiers came at 4 o'clock in the morning. And at that time, people were praying in the church. There was a little building at our house. Uh, we, used for, we used that for gathering. It was our church. And my, my dad was the pastor of that church. And so every day in the morning, people would come and they would be praying at 4 o'clock in the morning. And so during that prayer we started hearing shooting. It was so intense 
and everybody scattered from the church. People ran back to their houses to get their uh, children and whatever they could get and run away to the hiding place. And my parents came over and I was inside. I didn't know what to do. I was only six years old and I don't even know what I was doing. I can't remember, but my parents came and, and they took me and we took a little bit of food, a little bit of uh, blankets and a little bit of clothes and we carried with us and we started running away uh, to the hiding place. And there were children everywhere running, children who couldn't find their, their parents and parents who were running around looking for their children. And so it was just a mess. And so we were running towards the hiding place. Um, we got to the hiding place. Everybody was running in and because the shooting was so intense, so intense, and it was only 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was still dark, and I could see bullets going through, you know, and people running to that direction, and bullets coming the other way, and anybody could have been hit. And my parents were able to run in, and they got inside, because there was a crowd, just everybody running in. And somehow my parents lost me. And... They still ran in, and they th I, I believe that they thought that I was inside, but I was not inside. I was coming after them. But because of the intensity of the shooting, I decided to stop, and there was a bush right on my side, and I hit right on that bush, behind that bush. It was not big at all. It was not even going to protect me in any way. But I was only six years old, and I squatted there. And just so I could take control of the situation, I turned to the side from where the bullets were coming. And all of a sudden, a bullet passes through my ear, and I hear the sound. When I heard that sound, I shouted, and my parents heard when they were inside. And they came looking for me, and I ran inside. And guys, this is, this is a situation, this is something that never gets out of my, of my memory. Because I could have died, right? <laughs> I could have died. But God protected me. God is faithful. God is faithful. And one thing when I remember this story, one thing that really sticks to me is, is the fact that believers in those moments, despite, their, despite the persecution, despite um, the, the, the fact that there was an enemy, a physical enemy coming after them, they still gathered and prayed. And this is very, very encouraging to me. It encourages me even today to continue in prayer, asking God to bless me, asking God to, to just to be with me and to keep me in his word. So civil war kept growing in Mozambique. And uh, I remember even one time I asked my dad, um, what is it that kept you, kept you so united in prayer? I mean, it could have been easy for somebody to decide, well, I'm just going to hide. I'm not going to prayer. I'm going to be by my family just so if any attack happens again, I'm right there with my family. I'll be able to take my family and run away. What is it that kept you guys united? And... <laughs> And I do remember that he told me a verse. He couldn't cite the verse in its entirety, but the verse is 
Psalm 18, 2 and 3, which says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the, name of the, the, I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I'm saved from my enemies. In those days, we did have a physical enemy. There was a physical enemy who threatened to kill us. Actually, every time there was an attack, these guys were ruthless. They would kill people and burn down their houses and take their food. There was a time that we ran away. We stayed away from our house for three days because they had basically inhabited the whole entire neighborhood for three days. And we were out for three days. By the time we got back home when they were gone, our house was not burned down, that we didn't have anything inside. It was all empty. There was no food, no clothing, nothing. Everything empty. So we had to start from, from the beginning. Start afresh. So this was the situation for everybody in the neighborhood. And sometimes even the houses were burned down. You would get to your house and you wouldn't find your house. Everything was in, into ashes. So this was the situation over there. But the Lord kept me alive. And here I am. The Lord is faithful, guys. God is faithful. No matter what enemy you have, if you put your trust in the Lord, he'll be right beside you. In fact, he's within you. He's working. Amen? Um, my sis, when my, my oldest sister got married, um, she took me with her. Now, I didn't live with my parents anymore, and I went to live with her. Um, they lived in this kind of the same neighborhood, but I would say about five miles away from my parents. And my brother-in-law was a teacher, and teachers of the same, uh, at that time, they, they received... Um, a weapon for self-protection against uh, these attackers. And so I went to live with them. And I remember one of the nights, it was about, it would have been about 9 o'clock when the attacks started. These attacks would, st would start out of the blue. They were so unpredictable. And so we were having dinner, all of a sudden, we hear shooting. And everybody was just agitated, trying to grab this and trying to grab that and trying to find this person and trying to find children and, you know, to run with them and so on and so on. And as usual, the whole neighborhood was like a mess. People running around, children losing their parents, not being able to find their parents. But this time... Um, at my brother-in-law and sister's house, there were some uh, girls that lived there as well, um, uh, relatives of my brother-in-law, and one of them was my aunt. And that, at that time, she was a teenager. And I had never seen, you know, somebody jump over the fence. Because of the intensity of the shooting, people didn't even have the idea like um, have the desire of going through the door to run away. The quickest place, the quickest spot you would find to go through, 
that's where you went through. So people were running and jumping over the fence, you know, falling on the other side of the fence and just running away. And I remember my brother-in-law carrying me because I couldn't jump over the fence and throwing me through, you know, over the fence to the other side where my, where my aunt was. And I fell there and everybody started running away. We ran and ran and ran. And during the, during the run, for some reason, my brother-in-law lost me. He lost me and he was looking around. He couldn't find me. But when he was able to find me, instead of taking my hand, it was so crowded around. Instead of taking my hand, he grabbed my foot and he was like dragging me with him, thinking that he had my hand. <laughs> this one is funny. <laughs> it's funny. Every time I remember this, I, I think, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it happened. So we continued to run, and we got to this river. It was during the rainy season, by the way, and during the rainy season in Mozambique, rivers fill up with water, and they even overflow. And so when we got to the river, everybody wanted to go across the river to the other bank of the river and just disappear and run away from them. And they were coming after us. They were coming after us, shooting. And so we got to the river, and the whole neighborhood basically was there trying to go across the river. Children whose parents were not even there, they didn't know how to cross the river, and the parents that were there, they just took their children and went across the river, leaving the other children there because it was risky for you to keep going back and forth carrying children. You wanted to save your, your own life. Um, and so for some reason, my brother-in-law, he was pulling his pants up to go across the river. And by the time he wanted to grab me, there was another child right in front of me. He grabbed that child and he went across the river. He left me back. My sister had gone, and my aunts and other people had gone across the river. They were already on the other bank of the river. And I stayed there. And these bad guys were coming towards us. When my brother-in-law gets there, with that child, my sister asked him, where is Jonas? He's like, oh, here he is. He's right here. She's like, no, that's not Jonas. He looked at the kid he really realized that I was back there. He had to swim back, you know, where I was, and he grabbed me and went across the river. And, and, and I keep imagining, like, what if, what if they did not notice that that kid was not me? They might have gone. They might have, you know, have left me there. Um, I don't even know what happened to those children that, that couldn't find their parents because there were children that couldn't find their parents. Could you guys hear the whole time? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really, this is, this is very, <laughs> yeah, this is the very first time for me to use this. Anyway, so there were children that couldn't even find their parents. They were there. They didn't have anybody to take them across the river. And I remember at some point, as they were running uh, towards us, they started, sh uh, instead of shooting, they were throwing rocks against us, which means they were really close. But thank God. Take that thing off. 
I think that's better. <laughs> yeah, so there were children who couldn't find their parents. I don't even know what happened to them. And sometimes I think, what if that was me? And the Lord knew what he was doing. The Lord knew what he was doing the whole time. And here I am today. And so I have, I have so many reasons to thank God, guys. So many reasons. So many reasons. Not only because of all those situations that happened in my life, but my daily life as, um, in itself, it's a miracle. Your daily life is a miracle. You might not know your enemies, but you, for sure you do have an enemy. Devil is your enemy. And your, this enemy, this spiritual enemy, is the most dangerous ever. He's the most dangerous. He can, he, he's the one that can... Um, your spiritual enemy, which is devil, he's the one that can uh, lead you to the path of destruction. Whereas this, the physical enemy that I had in Mozambique, those soldiers, they could not separate me, separate me from the love of God. Even if they had killed me, they would not be able to separate me from the love of God. So you guys do have an enemy. And so this, all these things happen in Mozambique, and now I'm here. I struggle sometimes because there is peace here. Like, you know, there is no that kind of persecution. We don't have any, any of that. No soldiers coming after you, trying to kill you. And, and I struggle sometimes because... I know there are people that are going through all these things right now. There is so much persecution in the world. Even persecution against believers, people getting killed all the time because of their faith. I know that these people were not coming after us because of our faith, but they still could have killed us. And during these times, what really keeps me going is the Lord, trusting in the Lord. His message, reading his message every day and trusting that even though I might have gone through all these things, even though people are going all the, through all those things that they're going through right now, but the Lord is still with them. And I'd like to encourage you guys that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are, where you are right now. It doesn't really matter. I mean, what matters is to put your faith in Christ. Just put your faith in Christ. Satan is, is, is out there. He just wants to destroy you. He wants to rob you from God, and he wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. But trust in the Lord, guys. Trust in the Lord. I like Psalm 23 that says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
Is there evil here in the States? I believe there is. I believe there is evil. There was evil back in Mozambique when I was growing up. And I believe there is evil here. Yes, there is. But the word of God tells us, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this psalm. I really love it. And it encouraged me to, to stay with the Lord, to cling to the Lord, and to, to worship Jesus. That's what I want. I want to be with him. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter what I go through. I mean, my daily life is in his hands. It's difficult to, for us for us to imagine ourselves um, with Jesus inside ourselves. It's difficult. But he is inside ourselves. He is. And he has the power. That power he wrote, he, that made him rise from the dead is within you because the Bible tells us that he is within us. When you got saved, Jesus is dwelling now in your life. You have the power. I don't know what enemy you have. I don't know if it's, if it's addiction or if it's, if it's like a physical enemy or if it's a sin habit that you want to get rid of or, you know, whatever it is. If it's anxiety, if it's fear of something, I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, guys, remember, Jesus has the power to help you overcome it. He has the power. Do not doubt Jesus. Just trust him. Put your trust in him. And he'll, he'll help you. In fact, it's not in your own strength that you're going to overcome your enemy. Whoever it is, it's, it's not from your own strength. It's through the Lord's strength. So seek him every day. Ask him to help you. Amen? Back to the story. Um, because of the intensity of those attacks that we used to suffer at the time, um, I remember there was a time when we did not feel safe to sleep in the house anymore because they were so unpredictable and it was so unsafe because they, they, sometimes they would come and not shoot at all. They would come and just get into, break into houses and, you know, kill people and take their stuff. And that made us to stop sleeping inside our houses. We just left and went to sleep at the hiding place. And I remember at 5 o'clock in, in the afternoon is the time we had dinner and we grabbed whatever we could and we left the house. It was a very difficult time. A very, very difficult time. And again, what keeps me really encouraged is the fact that my parents still remained in the faith. 
and they still are in the faith. My dad is still a pastor, and he's praying for me. He is praying for me, and this keeps me so, so, so happy. The happy that they, they had of praying every day is very encouraging to me. It's very, very encouraging to me. And so when we, um, one of these times when they came to attack us, we had to stay out of our house for more than a week because they had come to the village and they stayed in the village for a week. They basically made it their base. You know, they, they stayed there and, you know, they, they would kill people's cattle. They basically took it over. And so throughout all this time, we were in the bush with no food, with no water. For us to get water, we, ha we didn't even have containers to put water in, to haul water in. So whenever we were thirsty, there was, there was this tree. Um, I don't know what it's called in English, but people cut one of the branches of that tree and there was water coming out of it. And that's, that was our source of water. Until at some point we found out there was a river which was far away. We had to leave that place and go walking, looking for a river to get water. And we finally found the river. And so, so during all this time, we did not have food. What we did, whatever farm, whatever field that we found, and there, there were crops there, we just harvested the crops. And the sad thing is, these guys, when they came, they would go even to the fields and destroy the fields, destroy the crops belonging to people. And so there was famine. There was so much famine in that, at that time because people just didn't have what to eat. And I do remember um, not having anything to eat at our house and living with my friends and my sisters and going out to the bush to look for grasshoppers. We went to look for grasshoppers, hunt for grasshoppers. Uh, rats to eat them and that wasn't that was not our favorite food but that's what we had to do that is what we had to do it's so easy for us to get um to to take for granted the blessings that we have it's so easy when i remember those moments in my life and I'm at the table, and I have food on the plate. I don't want to waste anything on my plate. <laughs> I don't want to waste anything on my plate, because I know there are people out there that don't have that. There are people going through crazy things. And thank God, I'm here once again. God protected me. The Lord protected me. And so in all these stories, um, I get really encouraged. Number one, because 
the Lord, because of the Lord's power. I know and I'm excited about the Lord's plan for my life. I'm really excited because I know that he didn't do all these things in vain. He didn't do them in vain. He didn't deliver me from those situations in vain. I know he's got so much in store for me and I'm excited about it. I am excited. He is faithful and he, he is sovereign. No matter what the situation is that you're going through, guys, please trust in him. Trust in him. He'll get you out of it. Even if he doesn't get you out of it, he's still sovereign. He's still sovereign. Prioritize your relationship with him. Worship Jesus. Amen? Kind of to, uh, as a, as a wrap-up here, I have a verse that I picked up from Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is a very meaningful verse for me for a bunch of reasons. Uh, one of the things is being humble, humility. It says, if my people who are called by my name, you guys are called by God's name, okay? You are called by God's name. You are his people. And so what the verse is saying here is, if you humble yourselves, that's number one, humble yourselves, Guys, humility is not easy. It's very easy to slip into being uh, arrogant about something. But the Word of God tells us here that if you humble yourselves and pray, if you humble yourselves and pray, if you talk to the Lord, if you approach God, if you approach Jesus in your humility, and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways, what is he going to do? Then I will hear from heaven. Guys, this God that we're here for, this God that we worship, this Jesus that we worship, he hears. He hears people that are desperate for their sin. He hears people that are desperate because of their circumstances. He hears them. Now, if we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, he promises us that he will hear from heaven. Amen. This is good news. We are not talking to a deaf God. Our God is not deaf. He hears. I know that sometimes we don't feel like he hears us. We pray over and over and over again. And it doesn't look like he hears. It doesn't seem like he hears, but he does hear. When my wife and I were separated, I can't even remember how many, I don't even know how many times I have prayed. God, I want to be with my wife and my daughter. At some point, I was getting desperate. I was getting so desperate, thinking that, God, God are you hearing? And I, 
I would send documents. They would ask me for documents. I would send them do the documents they asked me. A couple weeks later, I would receive a response. Okay, this document is not okay. Send us again. I remember this only one document. I think it was my, um, it was my police clearance certificate. I've never been a criminal. <laughs> I've never been a criminal. And this is, this is what, what kept me really frustrated, you know, and thinking that, is God really hearing me? I'm praying every day, but is God really hearing? But yes, he was hearing. He was hearing. They kept asking me to send the document, the same document, over and over again, over and over again. And I was praying, and I know that you guys prayed too, and, and I appreciate that so much. I really do appreciate it. And the Lord has heard your prayers. The Lord heard my prayer, and here I am. So this God that we worship, this Jesus that we worship, he hears. He hears sincere prayer. He wants to meet you in your desperation and rescue you from there and help you from there. Amen? Our God is good. Jesus is good. And please worship him. Please worship him. He wants, to have, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. So please, pour your heart out to him. And seek him. And seek his face. And like he promises here, I will hear from heaven... And forgive your sin and heal your land. Does this land need healing? It does need healing. Here's God's promise. To forgive our sins. To hear from heaven. Forgive our sin and heal our land. It's God promising this. And if you seek him, if you seek his face in humility, and you'll find his face. He's going to forgive your face. Uh, your, I mean, he's, he's going to forgive your, your sin. Um, worship team can come up, please. And as I close here, I just want you guys um, to know that our God He's awesome. All these things that I've told you guys, I could, I could be here, you know, um, telling story after story. There are so many things that happen, so many things that happen that there is no time for me to be here and telling you. Like Eric was saying, you know, I could go even over four hours telling you story after story about my deliverance. And all those stories show me how good God is. They all point to the goodness of the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you guys to not be dismayed, to not be discouraged in your walk with the Lord. Amen? I know that there are times that we get discouraged. We get, um, we're tempted to just giving up. You know, our enemy, we feel like our enemy is so strong so strong that we cannot even resist him. But Jesus is stronger than that, than that enemy. Amen? 
He's stronger than that enemy. And the good thing is, he's within you. He's inside of you. Okay? He's inside of you. Just call upon his name. Call upon his name. He's right there with you. So please, be encouraged this morning to seek God's face, to, to seek Jesus' face. In the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your whatever battle you're facing right now, whether it's a disease, a sickness of any sort, temptation, um, anxiety, anything, he asks us to cast all those things into his presence, into his hands. And he'll be, he'll be, he's more than willing to deliver us from those things. Amen? More than willing. He's right there. Okay? I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the work that you've done in my life. I'm standing here because of you. Because you are God. You delivered me from so many things. And I believe you have done the same to so many people here. And we want to thank you, Lord. God, help us to be humble and to come to you in humility every time we're, we're confronted with our enemies. Just help us, Lord, to remember to come to you. Help us, God, to to trust that you have, you have the power to help us overcome whatever it is that we're struggling with. God, be with us throughout this week. I just want to pray, God, that you would give us the strength to fight throughout this week. Give us the strength, Lord, to overcome. In your name I pray. Amen.